just heard that it would appear that we're having some type of technical difficulties but if you did not hear that loud static (laughs) it came through on a few of my uh, devices but good morning good afternoon good evening to each and every one of you wherever you are listening welcome 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 to a very special session of the Hear Through Hurt I Talk radio show. Usually, you know, we start with Tori Lee's good music. We're going to end the program with her song uh, tonight. Um, I started the show with Ruby Amanfu, and the title of the opening song is When You Know. And I wanted to do that song because of the title alone, in addition to the words, When You Know. 
So tonight on What's on Your Mind with me, Dr. C., I want to talk about the rise of domestic violence during the pandemic. And first and foremost, uh, if you are following the show on BTR, you will see the uh, introductions and all of that. And one thing that I like to ask is, are you okay? How are you feeling? How are you doing? Um, I want to know. And when I put this show up, so many of you reached out to tell me your stories, to um, even give me encouragement to let me know that um, what I'm trying to do, the resources that I give are resonating with you. And for those of you who are listening and you're either in denial or you have a nice life and this doesn't apply to you, please share this program with someone who you know or someone who you have been ignoring for a while. Share this program so that they can know that they are not alone. You know, sometimes I have these moments when I get quiet during the programs. Those are the times that not only it gives me that chance to get grounded again, but it um, it gives you that chance to uh, digest what has been said up to that moment. And I hope that you take my words and you figure out where you can apply them in your lives because tonight is a show that um, so many of us need to hear and give me one moment here I am putting out the call that I am live and we're well some technical difficulties here. Um, if my voice is going in and out, I hope that it will get better uh, in a moment. It seems like it is. So I want to jump into our program because, as I said, tonight is all about domestic violence. It's about shedding light on um, this issue that is equally as dangerous and detrimental to many people as the pandemic. Thousands and thousands and thousands of women and men are victimized every minute of every single day in every country throughout the world. But right now, if you are within the sound of my voice, I really do want you to understand that this show is for you. This show is to let you know that you're not alone. Um, We're in this together. I have been victimized. I am a survivor. And that's why I do these programs, because I want you to know that I'm right here with you. If I did not 
know about this, experience this, I would not be here talking to you. I would bring on all of the experts in the world, but I want you to know that I have walked that mile in your shoes, been there, done that. So with that said, I wanted to um, shed some light on things, especially some of the elements of power and control that so many of you, sometimes we want to make things work. Sometimes we have the idea of love, the idea of having that beautiful relationship and that nucleotic family. And we want to make it work no matter what, because so many of us, we go into marriages and relationships with the hope that it's going to last. Some of us, we're older and we don't want to be alone and we're willing to, some of us have um, learned how to compromise we want to say, well, it's not so bad. Um, maybe I'll give up my side of the bed, or I don't have to do my regular routine with my girlfriends on the weekend or talk to them on the phone or check on my parents who are elderly or other loved ones. You know, if they want to hang out, that's great. You know, at least we're spending that time and we're doing this. But what we tend to overlook is the fact that they are grooming us. They are molding us. They are testing the waters to see just how far they can go to get away with things or just what they need to do to get us under control. And if you notice, I'm not saying, ladies, if he does, the, you know, he does or she does. This is because, yes, women we are abused. We tend to get into these relationships, but men do as well. And it would say a lot about me if I left out the fact that, or did not acknowledge the fact that men are abused as well. But let me go down um, a list that I put together and um, give you some examples. Some of them you may know about and others you may not have realized. Um, so let's just start with using coercion and threats. And what does that mean? That means making and or carrying out threats to do something to hurt you. Your abuser may threaten to leave you, to... Um, even commit suicide to get you to feel um, guilty about something. Um, sometimes they will even uh, say that they re will report you to child welfare or social services or the police, um, and they tend to force you to drop charges. If you are strong enough and you're at that point where They, um, where you actually, you're ready to make that next step. 
there's been so much going on, and as my colleague and I gear up to start doing mediations to help people um, to either work on or end their relationships and associations, um, the caseload is growing by astronomical figures because uh, being on lockdown during the pandemic did not help at all. But you have to be so careful and be mindful of some of the coercive behaviors that abusers will try on you. And there's something else called economic abuse. Um, Let's say sometimes they will come to your job or they will call you all the time or cause you do things to cause you to lose your job. Or they will, and once that happens, then they will sit and wait for you to beg them for money. Uh, Or then they will give you, in turn, they'll give you an allowance. Or sometimes they'll even, even take your money. And not even allow you to have access. Sometimes, especially for those of us who maybe marry our abusers, sometimes the first thing they want you to do is to make joint bank accounts. Whereas they have access to what you built. You might have access to what they built. Now, mind you, are they putting your name on their accounts? Or do they want you to add them to your account? Most times, the manipulative abuser wants you to add them to your accounts. You must, they must have access to everything that you had before the relationship, whether it's a marriage, relationship, whatever. And my suggestion is that if you're not married, that's, that's a no-brainer. I would not suggest, now this is just my personal opinion, I would not get a joint account with someone who you don't have some type of a legal binding life tie. When you are dating, either party can get up and walk away at any moment, and you have given this individual access to all of your money. Think about that. Intimidation. How about that? Intimidation. Where they make us afraid. If your partner is saying things to you or using gestures or um, smashing things or or, um, not necessarily putting their hands on you because this seems to be something that's emerging now is that so many abusers will throw things at you. They will uh, put their hands through the wall. They will tear up your property, tear up the things that you love the most. If you had, if you like to paint and you had your artwork everywhere, they may destroy that. And then with the passive-aggressive behavior, they will come back and say that they are sorry, not really meaning it, but it's a mechanism to get you back under control, to have you convincing yourself that they didn't mean to do it. It was just a mistake. 
and so will the second one and the third one and the fourth one and so on. Um, in some cases, and this is why, when uh, so many people go for protection orders, if you are married, and a peace order, if you are um, just a dating couple or so, um, a lot of times uh, intimidation includes displaying weapons, guns, knives, whatever they have. And many times you will see that if um, the victim is uh, um, given a protection order, one of the things, one of the stipulations is that the um, the uh, defendant has to um, turn in or give up all of their um, weapons. They cannot have weapons. Not saying that any of these things will keep you safe, but it's a beginning of the paper trail to show that they're has been problems. And let me talk about the paper trail for a moment. If you get to that point where you're strong enough to go to court to get one of those orders to protect yourself, do not weaken or allow this person or their family members or their friends to influence you or to coerce you into allowing them back in, into allowing uh, or into um, going back to the courts and saying that you don't want to continue with the charges. You don't want to do this. Number one, the courts frown upon that because there's so many cases. There were cases before the pandemic. Imagine the courts being filled now and inundated with a multitude of new cases, and you come in and you get your order. You get your interim order, and then you get your final order if you get to that point. But before you get to the final order, you decide, oh, it's okay. Everything is fine. I remember when I was in court for a session, and one lady, she was literally black and blue. And the judge pretty much reamed her out. He said, this is like the third time you've been here. You keep coming here, and then you'll come back, and you'll say that you want to drop the charges. The courts frown upon that because you're setting a pattern and a precedent in your life. If you are ready to take that step, keep moving forward. Do not look backward because every time you do that, that lets your abuser know or they know what they can do to get you back in control, to reel you back in and get you back to where they want you to be until the next time. This lady was literally black and blue. And she said she wanted to drop the case again. I just had to say a small prayer for her because at some point... She may not be able to come back again. I'm only going to go through a few of these tonight because there's so many of them. Uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about was, how about this one? And so many of you may never think about this, male privilege. When they treat you like a servant, 
Um, they make all of the big decisions. Um, they act like they're the master of the castle. They're the king of the castle. They define what your role is in the household, in the relationship. They define when you will do, what you will do, and how you will do it, and how you will respond to whatever he or she or whatever it is or whomever it is, how you will respond to things. And one of my biggest pet peeves is using children. When your abuser will make you feel insecure or guilty about how you're raising the children, um, what you're doing with the children, um, how you're, your parenting skills, things of that nature. Um, using the children to relay messages back and forth. Um, even visitation, if you're at that point where you're separate but visitation rights and threatening again to take the children away. Um, nowadays, another thing that's big and huge and it's emerging more and more is child support. I cannot stress enough how imperative it is that do not trust your partners to just do the right thing. Do not take a handshake and verbal communication as an agreement that they will take care of their responsibilities where the children are concerned. You have some parents who the non-custodial parent will attempt to even give the child support to the children and bypass court orders where the money is supposed to go to the custodial parent because the custodial parent is the person who knows children. Let me say that again. Sometimes the non-custodial parent will either hold back on the money or they will Send the money to the children directly. Now, if they're sending cash money to the children, these are minors. They have money. They're going to spend that money on games, toys, or whatever. They're not going to spend that money on items that are needed, school supplies, clothing, things of that nature. Instead of buying food that's nutritional, they'll buy candy and cakes and pies and sugary substance. These are types of control that parents and, and abusers are doing nowadays. Over in our show chat room, Jean writes, they usually don't give a damn about the kids. They're just using the kids as a mechanism of controlling the other person or making the other miserable by denying them access, denying them their right to decision-making. Exactly. Exactly. Jean goes on to say it's a method of revenge for them. Hold on, something showed or popped up on my computer that should not have. It's a method of revenge for them 
And the laughable part is that they may have been the one who initiated the break from their spouse, but when the spouse has moved on, then they get spiteful. And that's so true. And then add the fact that a lot of these people out here are narcissistic sociopaths, and some are just downright immature. They never grew up. They never stepped into that adult role. TJ says, some do things as a means of control or being defiant. And that's true, too. And so many of us, a lot of things are going on tonight with this computer. So let me see if I can turn this down for you. Okay. Hopefully that'll stop all of the dings coming. I don't know what's going on with my system tonight, but um, hopefully that'll work. But yes, some people don't care. Some people think that they're untouchable. Some abusers think that they are above the law. The law, classic example, uh, the powers that be here in Washington, D.C., um, they some they think that they're above the law. The Constitution means nothing. And a lot of people, believe it or not, are mimicking what they see out of leadership. For whatever reason, this particular regime has such a control over a certain set of populace that people are bringing that into the homes. And when the pandemic hit, it just made it worse. People couldn't get out. They couldn't hang with their friends. Um, A lot of people were in the house. They weren't working out. So many of us have put on weight. We're a little bit sloppy. We're not where we need to be. Um, These are words that have come to me over this weekend where people are being told that they haven't kept themselves up. You know, you don't clean the house. You don't do this. You don't do that. It's the things that we're seeing from the leadership in Washington to our own front doors in our neighborhoods and in our homes. And then, of course, these people will then try to use the minimalization and denying and blaming game as well. Um, You know, making light of the crying and the abusive behavior and all of that, and then uh, not taking anything serious or um, or even going as far as to literally say that the abuse never happened so much. Some of us tend to convince ourselves that maybe we were the ones looking at it wrong. Doesn't matter if they, if they, put their fists against your face and you're black and blue like the lady in court. does not matter. What they do is continue to say it because they say repetition is the best lesson learned, is the best teacher. If they keep saying it, some of us, we start to believe it. We start to convince ourselves that the problem is us. Back over in our show chat room, uh, Jean says, y'all better stop all that love at first sight mess. 
You can't love someone from day one. Love is getting to know the person on deeper levels. It is lust at first sight, but it may grow to love as time goes on. If you don't know the kind of person that you're getting yourself connected to, you will find out that you've been married to and had children with a supreme narcissist. Jean goes on to say, your life will be a life of hell during and after the marriage. You have to know what you're getting yourself into before making that union. Better to leave before making the mistake of kids and marriage with a narcissist. We're going to do a whole nother show on that. I have some recovering and and, um, reformed narcissists coming on. But a lot of these people are narcissists, and some are narcissistic sociopaths. And let me say this. Let me piggyback on what Jean said. So many of you go into relationships because you're looking for someone to take care of you, someone to give you the pretty house, the nice clothes, and the fancy car. Let me tell you something. Get your own because when things go awry, you will have your own to go back to. You will be able to survive and stand on your own two feet even after the relationship is over. So many of you, you're looking for someone to complete you, someone to cling to, someone to put you in to make all your dreams come true. That's when the problems start. And another thing is, you know, even if you had the perfect dating relationship, sometimes they don't change until after the I do's. On the last program, I shared a um, a video that I had come across where the lady said that she had she thought she had married a doctor. This guy was charismatic. He had everything going on for him. Um, he would go, and every time that um, something came up, he needed to have, um, you know, it was time to pay a bill or to take care of some obligation. Oh, he had a story. Uh, he was stressed out because he lost a patient. His ex-wife had died. His children died in a plane crash or whatever it was. And he would go out and he would go to a hospital the whole nine yards. But with this dude, he had taken a real doctor's ID and pasted his picture on it. He was going around, you know, flirting with all of the nurses, um, womanizing, doing everything at the hospital until someone got hip to it. But this woman, she looked like she had a pretty nice-sized home, like a little mini mansion. And somehow we get hung up in the fact that I think that one of our mistakes, and even I'm guilty of it, we let our intended move into our space. Instead of us keeping our space for us, if we can do that, and then you get us placed together. And then you have someone who didn't have their own space space before they moved into your place. And it's sad that I have to say this to so many of us, but we need to rethink our relationships. I'm getting older. I know that. But guess what? I would rather be here by myself and have my peace than to have a cold body sharing my bed 
Over in our chat room, Jean goes on to say exactly, love yourself first and take care of your own. Loving yourself is healing yourself. Broken people are ill-equipped for making relationship decisions because their brokenness tends to gravitate them to the people they don't need. Like someone who reminds them of the abusive parent or someone trying to look for someone to substitute the absent parent. Heal yourself before you bring someone into your space. And if you bring someone into your space, let them go home to their space. And no harm after a certain age, if they're going home to mama's house, there's a problem. Just my opinion. Because until they get out on their own, even they don't know what life would be like standing on their own two feet. So how are they going to be able to support you? So back to the story that I was telling you, this woman, she had almost lost her home and everything. And then she found out that this guy, she met, they met at a wedding. But there's so many smooth criminals out there, people. And I share these stories because I tell you all all the time. I thought that I had married the wonderful, most wonderful man in the world. And I've been married multiple times. Both times I thought that I had married the most wonderful man in the world. But when I found out that the person who I married did not exist, I was strong enough to get out. Now, the last time they tore everything up that I own, I still walk through this house sometimes, and I still see remnants of the past, and I'm still trying to fix everything that was broken. But without getting too deeply into that, because tonight I just don't feel like giving my abuser, my rapist, my ex, my ex-husband, my um, the person who became a stranger in my house. I just don't feel like giving them that power. But I want you to understand that I feel you, I see you, I know because I was there. Me, see Maria, you know, this person, college educated, business owner, mover and shaker, um, influencer, I'm right here with you. I was there. I was you. And I am proof that you can survive this. You can move on, but you have to be strong enough to put one foot in front of the other and never look back. Because of everything happening in society, not just the pandemic, with things going on with DACA and all of these other things, I want to talk about something that most people don't even think about. What about abuse in the immigrant communities? So many people are being threatened if they're making a few extra dollars under the table. They're being threatened to be reported for that. Or how about this? The abuser may lie about your immigration status and tie you up in so many investigations and things that it wears you down. 
isolation. If you just arrived here and you don't know a lot of people, and then you're even more isolated. Or intimidation or destruction of important papers, passports, ID cards, health cards, um, or even property that was brought from the mother country to here. Destruction of that. These are all of the things or threatening to withdraw the paperwork for residency, things of that nature. These are things that we don't even think about. As I said, the end is the same. We've been abused. We have been threatened. We have been violated. This show is about shedding light on different aspects of this. How many times have we heard in the past or in the news, even in some cases recently, where a parent will snatch the children and take them back to the mother country? And then you have some people who have been fighting for years to get their children back. But now that they've been in the mother country with the the non-custodial parent and they have um, indoctrinated the children and, and taught them things to make them hate, the other parent, things of that nature. These are things that um, us just don't think about. Back over in our show chat room, Jean says, and I have to tell my female friends all the time, be very aware of how the guy treats the main ladies in his life. If he's disrespectful to his mother or grandmother's, then believe that he will not have respect for them. My sister went through that after I told her she was making a mistake with baby daddy one. He spoke to his mother like she was his child, embarrassing her in front of all of us. She went on to try to establish a relationship with him only to find out, only to find him Um, to become physically abusive. And Jean goes on to say, we know about professional liars who seem to snag women for a short period of time before they decide to believe what their instincts were telling them. If you catch them in multiple lies, why would you trust the person to be relationship material? If they lie about small things, then best believe They have no problem with lying about infidelities, deception, and in finances, and et cetera. And that's true. All of these things are true. And I want everyone within the sound of my voice to hear what we are sharing with you tonight. I need you to hear what we are sharing with you tonight. This is so important. This is that time of quiet where I want you to take some time to reflect. Get out that pad and paper. If you are in the presence of your abuser, do not write anything down. Let me say this again. Do not write anything down. 
because they will go through all of your papers. They will try to find out what you're planning, and they will do everything in their power to make sure that your plan does not come through to fruition. Some things that you can do to prepare for your exodus, if that's what you want to do. If you have good friends who you know would be in your corner, you can have buddy passwords. If they call and you say, um, did you get the baby, the Mickey Mouse toy? That's their cue to know that you're in danger and they may need to send the police for a welfare check. And if the police come, you have to be prepared to leave that dwelling. And again, so many of you, you're so hung up on your material items, you're going to stay and say, no, no. And then your abuser is going to, let me tell you something, abusers learn from their relationships and their actions, they learn. So they know the police didn't show up on their own. They know that your girlfriend called. So they know that there's something that you did to cue the girlfriend to call the police. They learn. They get better at their game. They know how to play their game. And they will keep looking until they find someone who's that submissive puppet who will feed into their she goes and he goes. Or sometimes, if all of a sudden, if I was here, because many years ago, when I first started healing through hurt, my abuser was still in the home with me. And there's shows where you can hear him being loud and banging on the door and cursing me out because he wants to be, he wanted to be heard. He wanted to be seen and he still does, but he's not with me anymore. He's in close proximity, but he's not in this house. He's not in this dwelling. And I have, I'm very vigilant. I have security cameras. I have, um, um, you know, I, I, I just, let's just say that I'm well protected. Uh, Jean says, take time, take that time to reflect. I'm sure there are listeners now who are thinking hard now about their relationship. They see some of the things that we're talking about in their relationship and want, and wondering if they should exit. Yep, you teach a person how to treat you, how to treat you. If you allow them to get away with disrespect, then they will have no respect for you and will continue to disrespect you, you must establish boundaries in your relationship so that your significant other knows what you will accept and what you will not accept. And again, that goes back to thinking about and knowing why you're out here looking desperate, trying to find someone 
to be in that relationship with. It's that moment, people, I need you to think about this. I need you to think about your relationships. And for some people, think about some of your past relationships that ended badly. And when someone walks away from you, let me tell you something. Love don't love no one who don't love you. And one thing that abusers do, they try to use your insecurities against you. Another topic that so many people overlook is lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans relationships. Not everybody is out. Not everybody wants to flaunt what their preferences are. So a lot of times abusers will threaten to out you. And I know that that hit home with some people right now. Because a lot of people will try that. A lot of people who, even people who may be stalkers for you, they will try to give the impression that you're someone who you really are not. And one thing that I will tell you is that human beings, it's human nature that likes the drama. They want to see the show. So these are some of the things that you have to think about. For those of you, if you're in a same-sex relationship and you have a partner who's threatening to out you because they want to be with you, but then some of you go home to spouses, to opposite-sex spouses. Some of you, you have um, um, high-profile positions. Some of you... It could be anything. You have strict family beliefs. And again, there are places that you can go to to get um, more resources for that. One of the places that I want to share with you tonight, and they can help anyone, is the National Domestic Violence Hotline. The number is one 800 799 That's 1-800-799-7233. I'm going to try to pull up some more um, resources for you that can uh, help you no matter what you're going through. Um, I believe the GBMC here in Baltimore, they have a um, a program as well. I'm going to pull up the National Domestic Violence Resource Center again and see if uh, I had the list up earlier, but as I said, we were having technical difficulties. So, um, A lot of the sites that I had are now gone. I tell you, if it's not one thing, it's another. And that goes to show you, too, in life, you have enough things that you have to um, contend with. 
You should not have to come home to this type of drama and more nerve-wracking. There has to be peace somewhere. Check on your elderly family members. Check on your family members and friends who may have disabilities. It's another issue where um, a few years ago I had someone contact me, and um, a lady, she was in Virginia. She only left a partial phone number. Uh, I went down. She left off the last digit, I believe. So I went down the list and I got, um, I had to call the National 911 Network. Um, In case you all don't know, when you dial 911, you usually get local. But if there's someone, and because of what I do, I hear from people all over the world. Um, There's been another young lady who was, her family sold her into slavery. Um, I had to call the embassy for her country, the U.S. embassy. I had to work with all types of people. This young lady managed to send me her passports, her IDs, and all of that. And um, the embassy got involved, and they had to get with the country's embassy and their um, police force and all of that to get that young lady out of that situation. But back to the lady in Virginia. She was disabled, and her um, live-in supposed to be a partner was um, stealing her disability checks and withholding the money from her. Um, He was um, abusing her emotionally and isolating her from friends and family, things like that. So again, check on those people. Stop living in this bubble of the infamous you first world where it's all about you. Take the blinders off because the minute that it happens to you, you're going to want someone to be there for you. I'm vigilant in my life and in my situation because the person that my abuse is with now is very complacent. She is very much the puppet that he said she would be, but every dog has their day. And what's going to happen when karma comes a knocking and when their world starts to crumble? Maybe someone in her family will do a search on him and see that he is a criminal and a bum, making pretend, fake business, fake everything, not really handling business properly. And how many of us? We let these people come in, and then because we were sustaining our households and things, we forget to ask them for their portion to help maintain the house that they're now living in. Remember, if you had a house that you were living in by yourself, and then you move in your significant or insignificant other, and then... They're living off of you, and then the minute that you ask them for support and to contribute, that's when they change on you. 
And then we convince ourselves, well, yeah, I can still pay this. Well, now they're using more electricity. They want to borrow your car. All of a sudden, their car is missing or it's broken or wasn't their car in the first place. And some of these people have such a um, gambit that they will take one of the other women's car to go visit another woman. And they have so many women that they have groomed and molded to be their puppets and their um, subservient and silent that they can just move back and forth. Back to this story, I believe that the woman who thought she had married a doctor, he was getting money from one woman to give to another. Over in our show chat room, Jean says, yep, you teach a person how to treat you. If you allow them to get away with the disrespect, then they will have no respect for you and will continue to disrespect you. You must establish boundaries in your relationship so that your significant other knows what you will accept and what you will not accept. I'm going to get to that a lot of times overlook effects on children. Children are so much smarter than we believe. Children see what's going on. And I want to run down some of the examples of how children are affected by these um, types of relationships. What about this one? Sexual stereotyping. Copying abusers' dominant and abusive behavior. Copying victims' passive and submissive behavior. Unable to express feelings or who they are. Children will mimic what they see. And we want to, I want to really talk about physical and mental effects because children may feel guilt and shame. They may even think that it's their fault. And they may even regress. They may start to go back to earlier stages in their lives or they may develop um, 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 very violent behavior. They will start to act out in public, in school, in places like that. Or they may become extremely withdrawn. And then so many children will look for that nurturing from any and everyone, whoever will show them the interest, which opens up the door for the predators to find our children. I want to be silent on that one because I want some of you to look at your children. These children are vulnerable. They need you. They can't do this on their own. Sometimes the the, the abusers will even put the children in the middle of fights. Sometimes they'll tell the children to say, 
say you can't stand her or say how she makes you feel or say that she doesn't, you don't like the way she cooks or say this. They put children in the middle of things that children do not need to be in the middle of. And then they will turn it around and try to say that it's all your fault. This has been a very... um, Rough week for me getting in inquiries and stories and um, people sharing their heartaches and pains and their hurts. But when you scar a child, that scar may never heal. That scar can last a lifetime. And again, intimidation. Using looks, loud actions, gestures, or um, again, smashing things. Throwing those tantrums in front of children. Or getting physically violent with the children. And lastly, uh, one of the things that I want to share with you is uh, when it becomes to that point where it's escalating danger. Um, Sometimes they will trivialize the um, or minimize the abuse. Um, They don't take the danger um, that the victim is feeling seriously, expecting tolerance because of the number of years in the relationship. They literally will convince you that we've been together this long. You never complained before. Why are you complaining now? Which brings us around to, of course, victim blaming and shaming. Putting the blame back on you. Wanting you to identify what you did to provoke the abuser. Or making you the problem. Or better yet. Suggesting that if you don't like it, you get out, you go, you leave. Or saying you put up with it this long, all of a sudden now. And then they'll turn it around and say, why are you complaining now? Are you cheating on them? Are you doing something against them? These are all of the signs. Sometimes they'll even go to counseling and then they'll convince the doctors or whomever you're with that you need something to calm you down. Then they'll try to convince someone to give you a prescription for medication, another control mechanism.
Some people, the other way, they don't want to see the sense of danger that someone may be expressing. They don't want to um, give light to it. You have to figure out, have someone where you can go or call the resource, the hotline, and see if they can give you resources in your area where you can go to, a safe place where you can be. And that doesn't mean go to the safe place and then announce to the world where you are. And so many of us, we... We've fallen into that place where we accept the intimidation is normal or believe that abuse is the outcome of the noncompliance. It comes down to us becoming our worst enemy when we start to convince ourselves and make ourselves believe that we are the problem, that What's going on is normal. Maybe after you've been together a while, you get set in your ways, and sometimes, you know, you just get tired, but you don't want to really leave each other. So you have to compromise. And then sometimes you have to convince yourself when they get in public or you're going to a gathering or a social event. And then they want to interview you or to shame you or blame you in front of the family, discussing your personal issues without your consent. Or they just get done abusing you, and next thing you know, then they'll go and call the police and act like you abused them. And, of course, it becomes a he said, she said, because police are criminal justice. They cannot make that decision. So, again, and I want to end with this because lately, if you're watching the news, there's been a lot of military murders and violence. If your superior is telling you that if you don't um, comply with their wishes, they will have you um, removed from the military or demoted or things of that nature, time for you to have leave or something. They will um, put you on a special duty roster or do things like that. Um Or sometimes they will even tell you that they're trained in 50 million ways to kill someone or make a body disappear or do whatever just to keep you in line and and under their foot. And then if they're your superior and they could say that if you even attempt, say they're a popular individual, then it becomes a, a, a case of, them accusing you of lying, there's no proof, or the infamous, well, it was consensual, or something of that nature, even if it got to that point. 
Well, what about when you're married, your military wife, and they use that, again, military male privilege? You're the dependent wife. Or cultural or religious um, traditions to keep you in line. All of these things come into play in the military or out of the military. A lot of times they use religion as a way to keep you in line. Well, better yet, if they get deployed, they leave you with no allotments, no health care, no anything. Or sending just enough money and saying, this is what you will buy, and then you will scan and send me a picture of the receipt for it. And at the beginning of the show, I talked about them getting their names on your accounts and things. Sometimes they won't even allow you to have an account of your own. I had a guest on a while ago. She she was a CFO of a company, and she lost everything. She married a baggage handler at some airport, and this person then... Um, Got his name on her accounts. He cleared out her accounts. He, um, She lost her home. She lost everything. She was living in an attic in a friend's house. Again, another person that met this person at a wedding. But I'm like, if you're a CFO, I don't know about a baggage handler being no disrespect to baggage handlers, but... They have to have a lot to offer in addition to working hard and doing all of that. They have to want more and not by way of getting their names added to your accounts. I was speaking with TJ earlier where we were talking about the fact that so many women are so hungry to have that warm body in their cold beds. They're willing to accept any and everything. They're willing to be submissive. They're willing to let their men say and do whatever they want. In my situation, I believe that my ex was under the impression that I was like every other woman, that he could control. When I saw that he was the stranger in my house, he had to go. And I had to be strategic about it because for me, it was violent. Now, I don't know if the woman that he's with now, if he's ever been violent with her, because she does seem to be very much the puppet that he described from day one. Because in the end, when we were close to divorce, he was very free about talking to me about any and everything. And the woman that he's with now does seem to be very um, acceptant. Of, she doesn't seem to either she's oblivious to what she has, and she contributed towards the downfall of my marriage because she really wanted him that bad. And um, by whatever means, she got him. But I know because I'm still the keeper of the secrets. I'm still the keeper of all the lies and the, the truth and all of that. And, you know, one thing that I learned in dealing with my ex is that I needed to stop trying to take in and help strays. I learned that, and um, because of the close proximity now, when karma comes a-knocking, I'll have a bird's-eye view. 
But do I stay vigilant? Yes. I have to because I know the monster that I married and you know he maybe he learned he learned how to play his game better. He had to and it appears that he did because they're still together. And um and the sad part is had I not divorced him, we would still be married and he would still be using her as the side chick. But again, monsters like him He's a con man. He knows how well. But based on what he told me about her, she is very much the puppet that he was looking for. And now he's living in the big house, and obviously she bought him a shiny new truck and the whole nine yards. As long as she stays complacent, Everyone may stay safe and happy, but the minute that karma comes knocking, he can't keep bullshitting his way through life and work and, you know, he's the bum businessman and and the whole nine yards and making pretend, bringing home a couple dollars here and there. It'll catch up to him. Nobody can live their entire life. And right now while he's playing house and thinking that he's got it all made and telling people that he's got a big single family home here and he probably hasn't paid one penny towards it, but hey, my trash is her trash. The difference is is that she's happy with trash. I had to find me again because in that short time I lost who I was. But I'd rather have my peace by myself than to deal with that. She can have him. If I could see her, she was ever woman enough to face me, I'd give her a hug because she took that off of my hands. And if she's happy with that, I mean, uh, mm, wow, we could get deep into that. But I was the one awarded the maximum protection order in this state. I was the one who divorced him because I wasn't going to have that monster tang up everything that I built. He systematically tore it apart because I refused to put his name on my house. He, ref- I would not give him um, half of my home. He could not take the truck that I allowed him to um, use in the beginning to build his business. Oh, no, 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 no. Now, did he do some things? Of course he didn't. Is she his faithful sidekick? Of course she is. I didn't go to law school for nothing. You keep your enemies closest. And if they step one toe over the line, there will be hell to pay. This is where I am in my life. They can play house all they want as long as they stay in their place. They've tried to step out a few times. But the minute that they do, trust me, this is where I am in my life. I know what he is. I know he hasn't changed one bit, but she doesn't care. And I don't care what she cares, because when it hits, it's going to hit hard. Because not everybody not everybody buys into the bullshit. Not everybody's going to buy into the lies in the game. 
There's going to be someone that's going to come along that's going to read through all of that. They're going to know. They're going to see the writing on the wall. It's sad that so many women live their lives that way. And one thing for sure, if you cheated and you crept around with these people and you cheated in the beginning, guess what? Once a cheater, hey, people like him are always cheaters. And she'll always be stupid and desperate. If she's happy, hey, I'm good because I don't have to deal with it. And I'm in a much better place now. So this evening, I wanted you all to know, let me give you the National Domestic Violence um, information again, because I want you to get the help and the resources that you need, because it's so many places, and wherever you are, what country you're in, if you do not know where to go. If you're able to, try your local police or your local church or parish or somewhere where you can go to get information. Ask your elders. Find out. If you're in a bad situation, let someone know who you can trust, who you think can help you. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. Just remember, abuse comes in the form of emotional, economical, physical, and sexual abuse. And some of you, for physical, it could be um, putting their hands on you, causing bruises, things like that. Sexual abuse is rape. Um, If you say no, it means no. Once that happens, it becomes rape. If you're fighting them off and they they harm you to have their way, it's rape. So with that said, um, as I said, this was a very trying week for me when I had put it out there that um, I was going to do this show. So many people reached out, and right now we're gearing up to start um, mediation. I'm already doing uh, advocacy and coaching for people who want to move forward uh, after the breakups. Um, For those who have more complex situations, we are here to help you uh, through mediation. If you don't want to go through the courts, we help you to solve your problems among the involved parties. Now, not everyone wants people who are trained in the law, If you do not, 
of course, I will guide you to other mediators who simply took the training, who are not um, trained um, formally through law school, who have um, uh, the doctor's degrees, doctors of jurisprudence. I have had people who contacted me who said they did not want what we call ourselves JDs, which means uh, those who possess a doctor of jurisprudence, those who are lawyers and or attorneys, they don't want those types of people to mediate their cases. If you don't want someone who's trained in the law, of course, we can help you to get with resources of other mediators who are simply trained through the uh, minimum mediation training. We can give you guides on that. Our number is 202-618-2556. That's 202-618-2556. If you would like to sit down and talk about mediation advocacy or life coaching to help you find and discover who you are after the relationship ends, Uh, I have been doing relationship recovery workshops for a while, and um, I help you to figure out who you are now. If you are ready to make that move, trust me, it has to be done strategically. You have to be safe about your exit. Do not write things down where your abuser can find them. Again, our number is 202-618-2556. If you need to email us, contact at thewallfoundationinc.org. That's contact at thewallfoundationinc.org. If you want to write to me personally, it's Let's Grow at cmariawall.com or mariawall at thewallfoundationinc.org. Either way, the messages will get to me. Uh, If you'd like to send me a handwritten letter through the Postal Service, through snail mail, our mailing address is P.O. Box 272 in Randallstown, Maryland, 21133. That's Post Office Box 272 in Randallstown, Maryland, 21133. I want to say again that I know what you're going through. I've been there. I don't call myself a victim. I was victimized. I am a survivor. I was left with nothing but my faith, forgiveness, and four cents in a house that my former spouse tried to tear apart because if he couldn't have 50% of it, I was going to have 100% of nothing. And some wanted to know how I feel knowing that he's living with the neighbor in the backyard. I'm numb to all of that. I have a life. 
And my job is to help other people get to the point where I am, where I can live, I can move forward. I'm not going to sit and stress over the fact that my abuser, my rapist, the person who harmed me, who hurt me, who destroyed a lot of the things that I spent my life building is a couple yards away. If I do that, I give him power that he is not deserving of. I refuse to do that. I'm going to walk out. I'm going to hold my head up high. Do I try to, to avoid them as much as I can? Of course I do. I don't want anything to trigger, you know, if I feel like it, I want to start bothering because I'm that one person who he didn't win against. Material items can be replaced. My life cannot, and I have no intentions of becoming a lifetime movie whatsoever. So again, I need you to be safe. I need you, if you're ready to make that move, you're ready to make that exit, if you're ready to give up the fancy cars, the big house, the security, if you're ready to learn how to to survive on your own, to stand on your own two feet, we are here to help you. My area of expertise, of course, is in family law, divorce, um, but it's also employment law, EEOC. Um, those are my areas that I have the most passion for. Uh, we do have people who can help you if you have complex finances. I can take you to a point, but we do have partners who can help you to get to the real nitty-gritty of all of your finances if it gets very complex. If you need us, we're here, 202-618-2556. Reach out. You can send me a text. You can leave me a voicemail. Either my colleague or myself, we will get the messages, but usually I am the one who screens the calls, so I will be the one to get your message. I am here as living proof of what you can become and that you can survive. Even the worst case scenarios, you can survive. I've been there. I've done that. I'm okay. I just have to be hypervigilant. I have to know my surroundings. I have to make sure that I am safe. But do I sit up here and stress all day and cry my eyes out? Absolutely not. Do not give power to the people who do not deserve that type of energy. Don't do it. When it's over, that's your chance to emerge and become who you will be. None of us are the same after these types of experiences. We're not the same person. Do not attempt to stay and be that person because you are not that person anymore. She is one. 
cannot you cannot be that same person. It would appear from what I can hear that I'm having some technical difficulties. So we're going to cut off in about four minutes or so. So I want, I just want you to know that as you hear my voice, I'm smiling, I'm healthy, I'm happy. Uh, Since the pandemic began, I've worked on me down by going on almost 70 pounds. While so many of us, we wallowed in our sorrows, I continued to rise and to triumph. And now because my abuser is in such close proximity, that's more inspiration and motivation for me to keep moving forward, to keep rising. This is my home. I had this home built from the ground. This is my home. He can play house all he wants. This is mine. Mine is almost paid for. This is mine. Everything that I have is mine. I work for it. I earned it. I own it. I'm good. I'm in a great place. If I want to go out on a date, I'll go out on a date. And if I do not, I won't. If I don't feel as though I'm at that point, I'm not going to put myself out there. There are good days and there are bad days. There are some things that may trigger a memory. But then I have to regroup and get myself regrounded and keep it moving. I want you to hear my words. I want you to feel my passion my purpose and my success and my happiness, health and healing. You can be at this level too. But you have to be prepared to move on and not look backwards. With that said, I always end my show the same way. I want to pray each and every one of you enough. And so many of you ask what the name of the song is. Again, it's When You Know by Ruby Amanfu. It's When You Know by Ruby Amanfu. You can check her out and a lot of her music on uh, YouTube as well. I want to pray each and every one of you enough. I want to pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. I want to pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. I want to pray you enough smiles to turn the frown that you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, I want to pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever you may be going through or whatever's coming your way at this very moment and beyond. You are stronger than you know. You are smarter and more beautiful than you can imagine. Go to the mirror and tell that person that you see those words. You are stronger and more beautiful than you know. You will rise and you will survive. 202-618-2556 is our number. 
1-800-799-7233 is the National Domestic Violence Hotline. I promised you that when we left, we would play Tory Lee's good music. Even though it's been a bad topic, you have to look to the positive side and realize that tomorrow's going to be a brighter day and you're one step closer. One step closer to your freedom, your health, happiness, hope, and healing. So until next time, I'm Dr. C. I'll see you again for another session of What's On Your Mind with me, Dr. C. I will see you again soon. And as I said, as promised, we're going to end our program with Tori Lee's Good Music. Take care, everyone, and I hope to see you soon. Can hide, but I.